I do want to read the Scriptures one more time because I do want us to understand this and to grab it and to hold it. It says, Seeing we are surrounded by a great throne of faith, let's rid ourselves of everything, everything that hinders us from having this kind of faith, especially, especially the sin of unbelief, which we can so easily grip, every one of us. Let us run with courage, persistence in the race that God has set before each one of us. I know we just had the New Year's, and all of us have made New Year's resolutions, have we? Has anybody kept them? We're on the 18th day? All right, amen, we have so many. I have to tell you, I said, I'm going to stop running again. I'm going to exercise. It went along good for about a week, and then here I am. I'm so thankful that we serve a God when He makes a promise. His Word is true and faithful. Amen? I also serve a God that cares about each one of us, you and I. I had a disturbing phone call from someone I really care about. Their son was admitted to the hospital last week with an amorism. Blood was flowing to his brain. 50% of the people never make it to the hospital. 30% of the people never come out of the hospital. In the middle of the doctor and a nurse surrounding him, prayers were going up to a God that you and I serve. The blood stopped flowing. The doctors and the nurses were taken back. They were amazed. They haven't seen this. The power of thy God and the power of a prayer is strong. Grab it and use it. The young man today, when I went up to see him a couple times, he's drinking. I brought him a smoothie. He likes a smoothie. He's health conscious. He grabbed my hand and gripped it of a man of a 25-year-old. Praise God that we serve the God that we do. The great controversy that we are personally involved in has been allowed to continue through our ages. And at times, I know we ask ourselves, why? Why was Satan's assistance not cut short at the outset of this rebellion? Why? Brothers and sisters, because it's not only about us. It's about a whole universe that must be convinced of God's justice in dealing with evil. Sin will receive its eternal condemnation. God promises a sure. The battle in heaven is the battle that, you, was, that we face here on earth. It's good against evil. In the finish line, the lay, the plan of redemption was not an afterthought. Whoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. This is our hope. This is our promise. This is what we need to grab a hold to. You know, I'm so grateful to be an Adventist. I'm so grateful to be part of this worldwide ministry. I'm so grateful for this worldwide message. I'm so grateful to be part of this family. I'm so grateful to be part of these ministries that are going on in this church. But if I don't know Jesus personally, it doesn't matter because I will fall short of the finish line. Let us prepare our hearts and prepare our minds today for the spoken word. Let us pray. Dear Lord God, 
I ask You to take me completely out of the picture. Hide me behind the cross of Jesus. Lord, may Your Holy Spirit speak the words that You would love to have this congregation and Your people heard today. May it soften their hearts. May it bring them before the cross. We praise You for the God we serve. And we know You've heard this prayer and glorify You. Amen. I want to start with a story. You know, that's my M.O. I always start with a story. And this story was Shackleton. He was on a quest to the South Pole. He had to leave some of his men on Elephant Island. But he made a promise, the promise that God gave to us. I will return. I will come back. I will come get you. When Shackleton endeavored to return, he found a sea of ice. It was between him and the island. He tried again and again without success. He had to keep his word. He's made a promise to these men. People begin to tell him over and over there was absolutely no hope for his little boat, Yachu, to get through this great ice barrier. He had to reach his men, though. He's made a promise. So at the risk of losing the boat and the crew, he began kept continuing to push towards the island. Jesus has also made us a promise. He promised to come back again. He promised to come and take us home. Our loving Savior just didn't make a promise. He left us with instructions, the Holy Bible. In His kindness and mercy, He's given us the information in these last days to finish this race. Revelation 22, 7. It says, Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that reads the word, holds the prophecy, hears the word, and takes it to heart, which is written. See, people, you have been chosen. You have been chosen to run this race. You're a special people. You're a peculiar people. Peculiar means what? Special. The question is, are you willing to prepare? Are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to do whatever it takes to cross that finish line? Is this what you live for? Is this what you breathe for? Is this what you get out of bed every morning for? God has chosen you because He loves you. He cares for you. He cares so much that He put His Son on the cross. The race to the finish line is a matter of eternal life. And as we begin this, begins with justification. Ah, but what is justification? Justification is the starting line. Justification is by faith. It's an act of God where you, where you and I are counted just. It's an act of God where we're counted free from the guilt of the penalty of sin. We as believers all heard that voice, Romans 6.23. We know what the penalty of sin is, don't we? What's that? You've been brought up with it? You've heard it? The wages of sin are death. Correct? Then we stop. Have you ever seen that? Every time I heard that voice, the wages of sin are death, they don't go on. Pull it up. It says the gift of justification is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's finish the verse. 
How do I receive this gift of justification? What must I do? Just put on your running shoes. Go to the starting line. Drop to your knees and ask forgiveness. Yes, make a decision to follow Christ. Once that decision is made, brothers and sisters, take this. Once that decision is made and you confessed from a humble heart, at that instant, you're forgiven from all sin. You are cleansed from all unrighteousness. You are counted worthy. This is the beginning of the race or new birth. Being born again. When you're born, you have no past. You start over as a new babe. Last week, I had the privilege of meeting a young man and he was going to come today. I don't see him. But my heart, my prayers are for him. He just finished college at the age of 29. He began to share with me. He began to share some of the mistakes that he made. And he made this profound statement. He said, if I could only talk to my young self, I would have not have made them mistakes. How many times have you wished that you could start over? If I only had another chance. Brothers and sisters, you have a chance because in justification at that moment you have no past. You are free from the guilt and sin. Free from the past mistakes. John 3.3, it says, except a man be born, what? Again. He cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Born again is the beginning of a new life. It's a new birth for you and me and Jesus. In the beginning of justification, just as a newborn baby, and I, I think of our elder Ivan, how much he loves, and his wife, how much they love and care for them two twins. It's, I, I just lighten up every time I see him. But we also, when we come to that justification, we have somebody that cares and loves for us also. By making that decision and commitment to enter the race, the Holy Spirit is our coach through Jesus. I love studying the Holy Spirit this quarter. We have someone who loves us. We have somebody who cares about us. We had a father. We have a father. I grew up without a father. I can remember saying, I have a father now. Praise God. At that instance, we're saved from the penalty of sin. It is our conversion. We are justified in His sight, covered with the blood of Jesus, wrapped in His righteousness, and accepted by God our Father. It's called the starting line. It's called justification. Ah, but it doesn't end there, does it? Because after justification, we have made that commitment. We are now in the race. We begin the phrase of what? Sanctification. And as you begin this race, you need to consult your physician. You need the proper training. You need the techniques to run this race. We need to converse with Jesus. If you have any spiritual issues, take it up with Jesus. He's your coach. And you can begin this spiritual program, this race. And at the outset of the race, you're pretty much out of shape probably. Wouldn't you say? Avoid the temptation. Oh, I bet you haven't heard this. Avoid the temptation of doing too much. 
too soon. You need to start conditioning yourself as any good runner would and begin to prepare for the journey in the race. Prayer and a word of Scripture each morning. Two or three silent prayers during the day inviting Christ to come in. Next, add and add more time with Jesus. Your program that you implement to be spiritually fit for the race will be the difference on whether you finish it or not. Where others fail and fall out of the race, you will be able to succeed and carry on to the finish line. Amen? During the preparation of the race of sanctification, you need to get proper instruction. That doesn't mean go to your neighbor. Actually, it really doesn't mean to come to me too much. We need to do what the Scripture says in John 17, 17. It says, we are sanctified by what? His Word. Set apart through truth, and truth is found in Scriptures. Go to the Scriptures, but don't go to the Scriptures without asking the Holy Spirit to be with you. Ask the Holy Spirit to open your mind. When you buy a new piece of equipment, you see this warning label on it, do you not? It says, improper use could be dangerous. I'm here to tell you improper use of the Bible is dangerous. I've seen it. If you do not ask for the Holy Spirit, when you do, God will lead you. I've seen so many people take a wide turn in this race, and it causes injury, making the race more difficult and longer than it needs to be. How many of us have made this race more difficult? Pray before opening them the instructions, the Bible. Submitting your will to God, then the Holy Spirit will guide your mind in your heart. See, the heart's in there so much. We'll begin to perceive the things of God. I've seen it also in races. When you're a runner, you need to pace yourself. You need to have the endurance to finish the race. You've seen the runners come out of the gate so fast, haven't you? Do they ever finish? Sometimes they never make it to the finish line. They make it about halfway around the track. Brothers and sisters, we are not in a 50-yard dash. We are in a marathon. And what the devil likes to do is when you give your life to Christ, he says, it's okay. Now let's get busy. You get so busy that you don't have time for that morning devotion that personal relationship. You don't even have time for the personal relationship with your family because you're doing so much good for God. And your biggest cheerleader is going to be the dark side. You're going to say, go ahead. Keep on doing all that good. I call it good and busy. Not having that personal time with Christ or your loved ones. A good runner knows they need the right nutrition. They need a balanced diet. Time to exercise, ministry work, time to be with others, time to be with our brothers and sisters, and time to spend with Jesus. What does the Bible say in 1 Thessalonians 4, 7? God has not called us to be impure, mixed, contaminated, unclean, but to live a pure and holy life. That's what this race of sanctification is. It's right living. And it's a race of a lifetime. And as we become, as we continue this race, we become more and more mature. 
we become more and more like Jesus. And after we're born again, just as in this life we begin to grow, justification is a birth. Now we are in the phase of sanctification, which is called growth. At this phase, in this race, Christ is saving us from sin. Did you get that? Christ is the one saving us from sin, not self. And you know what? Stopping is not an option for us Christians. Our race is the finish line. My, my prayer, Lord, even if I'm not the first over that finish line, push me over. You know why? Because I know you're on the other side. I know that no matter how hard I'm pushed, I'm going to be caught in the arms of Jesus. Amen? And as we run this race towards the finish line, which Christ, by the way, has already run the race at the cross, He gave us the victory over sin and death, and it's a gift through Jesus Christ our Lord. How many times have you said, I tried and failed? Have you said that? Lord, I tried and I failed. That's the problem. You've got to turn it over to Jesus. It's sanctification by Jesus. Yes, Jesus does it within us by the Holy Spirit. And at the beginning of the race, we saw a justification count me righteous in His sight. Sanctification actually makes me righteous. And both the miracles by Jesus for us and in us. Here's the wonderful news. And this is this excites me when I read this and understood it. It's we are made in God's image, and He plans to restore us to the original image we were created in. In Acts 3:21, this is where I get it from. Christ is in heaven. He will stay there until the time comes to restore all things. This makes it clear. That what was lost in the Garden of Eden by sin will be restored to those who finished the race, including a holy character. Amen? I like to look at the race that we're in through Paul's eyes in 1 Corinthians 9, 24-26. Everyone who ran the race in the Olympics gave it at all. In the gospel race, everyone who is faithfully and finished is a winner. In other words, there is no second or third place. And they were training their bodies. Now get this. Astaining from anything that would be harmful. Not running this gospel race aimlessly, but with a purpose, knowing the finish line, and making every step count. In other words, never quit. Brothers and sisters, if we are going to finish, we have got to finish together. I looked at Abraham Lincoln. We've seen uh, this week the new president coming in. And I looked at Abraham Lincoln this week and all the races he's lost. And each lost or struggle was preparing him don't miss this. For the victory that counted the most, he became the president of the United States. For each loss and each struggle that you and I have in this life, God is preparing us for the victory. Our victory is by Jesus alone. 
in Acts 4.12, we see there is no other. There is no other power is given by which to be saved except Jesus. Running this race, and this is where it hurts. Running this race that you and I are in is turning our life completely over to Christ. That lies the problem. See, sin consists of me wanting to have my own way. I want to be the my own boss. I know a better way. It's hard sometimes to let Jesus rule. But the part that we play is just willing to follow Jesus while He makes the calls in our life. He is our coach in this race. Our place is not to question Jesus, but to follow Him. Oh, how hard it is to give up self. I believe it's our greatest battle. It's a battle that I have. But this battle, and I promise you, brothers and sisters, this battle will intensify as we get closer to the finish line. And we are coming close to the finish line. You can see it in the day's world. You can see it in prophecy. We must continue to grow. We must bear fruit. This is essential for retaining salvation. In John 15, 2, it says, You and I are the branches. And if the branch does not bear fruit, it will be cut off. Remember, sanctification is what? Growth. Fruit bearing is essential to retaining salvation. You'll have times when the devil will tell you, you've gone too far. You've lost. I'm here to tell you, Jesus is never that far away. We're running a race, not just for ourselves, but for others. What is keeping you in this race? What is holding you? For me, it's what Jesus has done in my life. He's done so much. I could be here all day to tell you what Jesus has done. From the time that He drove my truck in here, had no idea to the time that he's just blessed so many different things. I can't wait. Not only is it Jesus that keeps me in the race, but it, the minister, the missionary of the Seventh-day Adventist church who took six kids. Out of an orphanage and gave us unconditional love. I'm looking forward to that day. I'm looking forward to the day to be sitting at the cross of Jesus, holding arm in arm with Him. Our scripture reading today, Hebrew 12.1, it says to run with perseverance. Run with a purpose. In spite of all the difficulties, in spite of all the obstacles or discouragement. When you hit the wall and we have some runners in here, you have to dig deep. You have to hit the pedal. You gotta have trust and hope in Jesus. You have to fix your eyes on Him. You are running this race to win. Otherwise, you're just running. Otherwise, you're just showing up here on Sabbath. Are you running this race to win? During a race of sanctification, just hit home. Some of us get sidetracked. You've been sidetracked? Yes, it says in Scriptures, 
You were saved at one point in your life, but in the middle of this race, something has grabbed you. Something has distracted you. Something has got you out of the track. In Galatians 5, 7 it says, You have demonstrated this kind of faith before. You have given your life to me. And until now, you were running this gospel race so extremely well. What has caused you to turn from Jesus? Who are those who have cut in front of you? Is it greed? Is it lust? Is it something greener on the other side? What is keeping you from that beautiful relationship with Jesus, your coach? Many of us feel this sense of distraction. Many of us have this realization of the bondage to self and sin. We make our own effort. That's where we fail. We make our own effort to reform, but we don't crucify self. We're not giving ourselves entirely over to Jesus. We're only giving ourselves part of it, as long as it works, as long as it's comfortable. We even acknowledge our imperfections. But we're not willing to give up our particular sins. And with each wrong, and don't miss this, each wrong act, our old selfish nature is gaining strength. Did you get that? With each wrong act, our old selfish nature is gaining strength. We need to turn from our willful desires and get back in the race. We need to change our heart. We need to confess our sins. We need to go back to justification. We need to go back to that day, to the beginning line, and drop to our knees. The enemy, brothers and sisters, cannot make us sin against our will. He can trick you with the bright lights, the fame, the money, the notoriety, the grass is greener. He will tempt you in your weakest area because He knows you better than you know yourself. But He cannot contaminate us against our will. If we fall into temptation, it's because we have consented. It's our own act. Brothers and sisters, I want you to lift up Jesus, and hold fast to His Word. As in Paul said in Philippians 2.16, If I do not see you now, I will see you at Christ's second coming. What a thrill to know that you did not run this race in vain. And if you want to have the energy to finish this race, you must cry after God. By holding Christ, we become changed. With a deeper, intimate relationship with Christ, the more time you spend with Christ, the more you will love Him. The more you love Him, the more time you will want to spend with Him. You will have a stronger faith, a deeper trust. It will be so deep and real, it will affect every aspect of your life. 
one of my favorite verses, and I think you all should write this down. If it's not on your favorite list, you need to make it. Because it's a promise in Philippians 1.6. God who had begun a good work in you will continue so until Christ comes to take us home. Did you get that? It's His faith in us, but it's our choice to continue to run this race. It's our choice to turn our life completely over to Jesus or to reject His Word. I know you thought I left you hanging, didn't you? I never finished the story of Shackleton, did I? Hmm. Why don't I finish that story? Because it's pretty powerful. While he was out there and he wasn't willing to give up, there came an opening in the ice. And if the men were ready, they had to be ready because the timing was short. He could save them. He hurried in. True story, by the way. And as they were watching and waiting for Shackleton, and they were watching and waiting for Shackleton return, he was able to rescue all the men and was back in an hour. If there's been a single delay of only a couple minutes, the vessel would have been lost as the ice began to close back around him. Shackleton, after catching his breath, looked at one of the men that was rescued. He said, you guys were packed and you were ready. The reply came, we never lost hope. You said you would come for us, even though the circumstances were unfavorable. You promised, and we believed. We expected you. So each morning, we rolled up our sleeping bags. Each morning, we packed all our equipment. So when you came, we would be ready for the rescue. Amen. To take us home. Yes, the circumstances in this world are un unfavorable. But I am here to tell you, Jesus will come. And Jesus will take us home. And we are approaching that finish line quicker than I've ever seen before. Yes, the same Jesus who was treated as we deserved, condemned for our sins that we might be justified by His righteousness. Yes, the same Jesus who suffered the death that we might receive life. The same Jesus who went to the cross that we might be rescued to finish this race is coming back for you and I. And this race seems difficult sometimes, don't it? I don't know about you, but I get it. It is difficult sometimes. And sometimes I feel like Paul. Do you ever feel like Paul when Romans 7.15? For the good I desire that I do not, but the wrong which I do not desire is what I do. I think if we were honest with ourselves, we've all been there. And as we come closer to the end of time and Jesus' return, we're going to need to rely more and more on Him. We're going to need to rely for every supply of our every need. We're going to need to be totally dependent on Christ for our salvation. My question to you, are you ready? Are you packed every day? Do you want to finish this race? Will you make a commitment with me 
given all to Jesus. Is that your earnest desire? If it is, just raise your hand with me. And raise it high. Make a decoration. Jesus, I want to be ready to you to take me home. Dear Lord, we are in a race. But we know that you went to the cross. Your promises are sure. You are coming back. And Lord, you saw every hand that was raised today. We want to be ready. We glorify you as we prepare for that journey home. And what a home you have prepared for us. We praise you, God, for all that you do in our life and all that you do in this world. And glorify your name. Amen.